This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Back to the saddle. We are Real Kipper and Born live on Sportsnet 590. Our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Glad you're aboard for the next couple of hours as we go into game night. Florida Panthers in town to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Winners of three of four as we... Oh, boy. Hit the halfway mark. We're wondering, is anyone going to push Tampa, Toronto, Boston in the Atlantic? As much as I've heard all week how the Ottawa Senators still want to play meaningful games. You got to win. <laughs> Somewhere you got to start winning. Last night, that didn't happen, but it did for the Florida Panthers beating mm-hmm. the Buffalo Sabres. So is that, is that all that's left? For the teams Flo- that could get into the mix? Florida Panthers. Yeah, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres could concede. I mean, it's a long, long, long shot. I think they're 13 points behind Tampa Bay, so uh, unlikely for Buffalo. But Florida, the reason Florida, I'm less skeptical of them, is their season last year. They're not... Things have not gone well this year, but were they to get some goaltending, you can see that there's a lot of good players on that team. You could see them getting hot, could you not? As you mentioned, three of four, and if you do the fancy stats sorting, they're pretty good They at creating offense. They're one of the best teams in the NHL at creating offensive opportunities, so there's something there. Okay, let's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay on that theme before we get into the lineup uh, changes with uh, Sheldon Keefe, but first let's get his thoughts on the Panthers. You know, some some things have changed and some things have remained the same. And, you know, we talked this morning that we just, you know, we just played against Boston, who was one of the top offensive teams in the league. And in many statistical categories, this team actually uh, trends higher than them and better than them. So in that sense, offensively, they've just been extremely dynamic. They make a lot of plays. Their defensemen are very involved in a lot that they do and very good at around your net, all that kind of stuff. So they present a great deal of challenges there, great transition. So all of those things I think have held true to, uh, to last season as well. Um, you know, I haven't watched closely enough or, or long enough over the over the season to, to to pinpoint you know why it hasn't worked out as well for them. But in terms of the respect we have for them and as a team and their players, that that's unchanged. And statistically, you look at it, and you know it's a dangerous looking team. The most Sheldon Keefe comment ever that this team is better than the Bruins. Oh, I was kind of focusing on this chocolate that Derek gave me just prior to the show. <laughs> is that true that Sheldon said in many ways uh, the Panthers are better than the Boston Bruins? They che- Where? They, Where? <laughs> offensively, they check, you know, in terms of creating also expected goals is what I'm talking about in sport logic. They're a top team in the NHL. I mean, they still get a ton of opportunities when they play. Just sorting through it, their third in shot attempts, second, third in shot on net, second in slot shots, first in inner slot shots in the league. So they, they get to the dangerous areas and they get pucks on net. Was one category, can they stop a puck anywhere? Oh, yeah, there's a category and they're 50th in that. <laughs> <laughs> they're legit 50th. Uh, Spencer Knight is 50th in goal saved above expected. 50th. Okay, so. Well, it's not good. <laughs> how, there, how many goalies are there? 
64? <laughs> Therein lies the problem with the Florida Panthers. Is it, sometimes it's that simple. It's their own zone. Yeah. It's the blue line, and it's the lack of getting a big save. It is. And even their defensive stats, like you, whatever you think of underlying numbers, are not terrible. They're, they're a top 10 team. They're around 10th in the NHL and giving up slot shots and chances and, you know, 15th in expected goals against. So, yeah, they're not, uh, dyna- you know, the best defensive team, but they aren't as bad as their goalies make them look. In the next two hours, we're going to be joined by Ed Jovanovsky, of course, uh, big-time former NHL defenseman with Florida who's doing a Panthers TV. He's going to come down and break us uh, a few things down on what we can expect out of the Panthers. Uh, Keith Kachuk proud papa yes of matthew and and brady will be along as well former nhl player tough guy <laughs> Who, who's that again gilbert godfrey, oh, gilbert rest godfrey. In peace. yes um, we'll always have that did you, gilbert we will have that do you know that there are three players in the nhl that are leading their team in both points and pims I suppose that one of them will be playing tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is one of the three. Can you guess the other two? Uh, the brother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's two. Do they have another brother? <laughs> yeah, Steve Kachuk. No, uh, the other one is... Uh, hold uh, on, hold on. Okay. Um, bad team. Bad team, bad team, bad team. East or West? Uh, what's Chicago in? <laughs> uh, another famous dad yes very good max domi correct that's so interesting yeah um Had a brain fart so, oh, just central. to round it up mike mckenna daily face off in the next hour as well so terrific show booked by yours truly Sammy, standing oh, Sammy. Oh. We, didn't, we didn't even discuss this one. This was just, hey boys, here's who's coming yeah. on. Tomorrow. What a what a lineup. Okay, uh, that's just you know, let's keep the expectations down. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, I get hot like anything. Um, so just talking about how bad the goaltending is for the Florida Panthers, and their next year will be paying their two goalies fourteen point five million dollars. Is that good for three full seasons at fourteen point five million dollars for their two goalies? With Spencer Knight and um, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Knight's save percentage is in 899 through 19 starts. That's just a a train wreck. Bad, 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 bad. So what do you do? I mean, no one's taking your bad goalie. You cost a lot. Okay. okay. I, I, assume, yeah. I assume. Yeah, just move on. This is going to be the push right <laughs> now from Florida. Yeah. Like if. They, they they cannot slip here. I, three out of four in a, in a short sample size, maybe playing their, their their best hockey of the year sure. right now. Yep. So I assume that this is a must win for them against uh, an Atlantic Division team. Like you cannot yeah. cannot lose to Toronto and still think that you can make up ground here. No, it's they're at that point now where they've burnt their grace period, and you know they don't. They're not going to win every game from here on out, but you need to start stockpiling points to a climb the standings, but also so your GM takes you seriously and gives you players that make you better and not worse at the deadline. Like you don't have until mid-April; you yeah. have until the end of February to show that you got a chance to get in the fight. 
There is no wiggle room here. They are much like uh, a handful of teams, including the Toronto Maple Leafs, where the salary cap will not allow them to uh, make a lot of changes here. And the worst about it is that they don't even have first-rounders in the next three years to dangle. At least Mm -hmm. Kyle does. Yeah. You know, looking at their team, the the problem... They don't have much on the back end. Like Brandon Montour has been a bright spot for them. Carter Verhage up front has been good. But there's just, I don't know. He, the more you look at it, the more you think last year was the aberration and not what's going on this year. And just as a note, I had told you that Spencer Knight might be starting tonight. He is on the, uh, he's hurt right now. So it's going to be either Bobrovsky in the second half no, it's of gonna back-to-back be a, a kid. or Alex Le- uh, Leon. I, I think it's the kid. Yeah. Well, he's not what much is he? of a kid. He's 30 years old. Alex who? Lion. Lion. L-Y-O-N. Played for the Flyers for a little bit. Um, He's a minor league guy. Minor league. Up and down. That's why I don't know him. 24 career starts in the NHL. 24? Yeah. This will be his 25th if he goes tonight. I imagine that's who they're they're going to put in. Maurice didn't announce a goal this morning. Um, Said there's a chance to go back to Bobrovsky. Man, who's uh, 4-1-0 and with a 9-19 save percentage over his last five starts. Okay. There you go. He's maybe starting to pick it up. Eric Stahl has 38 games and 14 points. But the analytics... The analytics on Florida, yeah. at least when it comes to uh, the offense, does does bold well for why they were successful last year. That's true. Yeah, if you had better and, shooting and percentage, better goal They're still a, a fairly dangerous team on a night-to-night basis, but the the blue line is it 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 was the trade that actually probably hurt them defensively more than ever by losing Weger uh, McKenzie. Weger's been great for Calgary. Like, uh, you know, he felt like such a throw-in in that trade. I know, you know, he, we know he was a substantial piece, but it just felt like they were they so... hated him I, in Florida. What was that about? They just didn't think uh, he he knew what he was doing defensively. Yeah. It really feels like they did the complete opposite of the Leafs, where they got swept by Tampa Bay, and they said, can't win with this group, too soft, over, you know, and they turned it over and said, forget it, not going to win this all the the trade, Rather than just saying, you know, we're, we had some success this season. Let's not overreact to four games here. And boy, did they overreact. And it's not like it's working out great for Calgary either. They're they're hanging on. and yeah, they're, uh, they, they miss they're, having elite talent, like top-end talent. They're in a challenge here. And uh, Huberto, the, the style of play that he had that was successful for him uh, is almost like the complete opposite of what works in Calgary. Yeah. Because... East West and and having that flow game that we were accustomed to seeing in the eighties before the two of you were born. I was born, born in the eighties. I'm an eighty two. Yeah, I was kind of just <laughs> okay. I get what you're I was joking. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> but I'm I close. You think I'm that young? Man. <laughs> I was born in the nineties. Wow. But that's the 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 East West the the drop passes the flow all of it is. Uh, uh, it's not flying with Daryl, and it's not flying with Jonathan because he cannot produce like he did in Florida. What's so weird, though, is how Gaudreau figured it out. He figured out a way to play a way that Sutter would tolerate while still getting to do the things that made him effective, and I feel like that's a challenge. Like when you're Huberto and you play a certain way to create your offense, the coach says, I don't like the way you play, and then you got to kind of go, okay, well, should I do it the way I know it works or do it the way that this guy wants me to do it? I think he's probably been searching for his Flames identity. Not to mention the big contract now, a little bit extra weight.
All right, we're going to go to uh, Ed Jovanovski in about 10 minutes. But before that, let's talk about the lineup changes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sheldon Keefe will give us an update on that and what the Florida Panthers can be looking at tonight. Murray's in that, yeah. And on the other guys, uh, Sandine and Holmberg, it's for them, they're feeling better. Obviously, they're here and able to skate, but we just... We determined that giving them more time to get back up to full strength and, and have a day of eating proper food and keeping it down, all that kind of stuff, would serve them well. So they won't be available tonight. Now, I, I, I get... They it's, were sick. I sick, get, sick. I, I get it. I, I get the flu. Uh, I get all of that. I've been on... Uh, it doesn't matter whatever area you are. You, I'm waiting you, for the butt on this. <laughs> no, the, 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 the butt is, is that I'm starting to get a, a real sense here that... That whether it's the flu or even a, a minor injury, um, a hangnail, mm-hmm. they're they're just not in a pressing need to get people in the lineup to win. You know, with yeah. a sense of urgency from here on end, they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna do what they have to do in a grand picture to get ready for the playoffs. Do you, Do you not get that sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, I just feel like in general that's the way they operate where they're like, it's middle of the season. No, more so now. More so? so. And and it has everything to do with the fact that Boston's gone and, and run away with this thing. Maybe. It, it certainly could. Like, the what is the point in having a guy force his way through when it's not a matter of making the playoffs or finishing here or there? Yeah, we, you, just, we got the luxury of they're saying, caught. take a day. They're, they're, they're kind of caught where we don't have to push these guys. That's not good. Well, no, I, I don't know if it's not good or not. It's I just, definitely not good. Why? Why is it not if good? If you go from here, the next thirty-nine games well, of the season, I don't going, know. Well, I don't. This... I, I I don't think it'll be like that because yeah. guys generally want to play. Right. Right. If you're healthy, if you feel good, put me in. I want my cookies. I and want then my I'll points. Flip the switch and try when well, it's playoffs. Well, no, not no, not try. Just they they just won't push the envelope. That's all. Yeah, and, and I don't know. That's maybe the smart thing, right? Maybe, Isn't it? Wouldn't you say it's a smart thing to do? I think it gives them the best chance to kind of be ready. I think for the first round, and and you will still hit some key games like we saw Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It, Austin taking two nights off didn't stop them from having playoff type intensity Saturday night, did it? No, no, I guess not. It's and it is the right thing to do, right? Like you're sick, stay away from the team. Although it doesn't sound like they're away from the team. But they skated, I think, today. Did they? They did. They had a couple of rings. As Brody did. Yeah, there's a bunch of rinks down at their facility. There. Yeah. yeah. Go, Bro- go, go did, cough on that rink, will did you? Did you send, did you guys see the video I sent you of Brody skating today? It wasn't yeah. long enough for me to reach the conclusion you did. You didn't like it, the look, eh? Didn't look, didn't look like he was enjoying the strides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you don't get the, you, you don't, you don't get to see in five seconds on the internet what the drill was all about or what the uh, emphasis was on his first three strides. If the drill was don't rotate your trunk, he was really excelling at the drill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is. There is some concern there. It's funny how quickly you lose a guy or two, and this is a eye-opener reminder from from playoffs. You lose Brody, Sandine, you know, has got the sniffles, and now your third pair is Ben Timmons which you hope they can shoot better than Ben Simmons of the NBA. But Ben Timmons <laughs> is not a, not at a, a playoff pairing. So, But they have the lily pad. The lily pad is, and is Sheldon there. Sheldon yes, yes. speaks very highly of the lily pad. Yes, Let's uh, go to Sheldon on that one. 
But I think it's just with, with Lily in particular, I would put it to the consistency. Like he had times last season where you could really see him popping, and, and for that, I would I would point to like physicality on the rush and killing plays early, winning a puck back, and then launching the transition, or just the, the way the puck's coming off his stick in the offensive zone, and it's just happening more frequently, and he seems to be that much more comfortable uh, in playing both sides of the puck here this season. So, yeah, he's he's really took big steps last season, and and he seems to have maintained that and continued to um, find the consistency necessary to just be a guy that is just in your lineup and you're happy to have him and you can lean on him when you really need to. And uh, he seems like he's been able to handle anything we've thrown his way. It's all legit. So, Timothy Lilligren, this is from Sportsnet Stats. They sent out a great stat pack. He is number one on the team in goal share at five on five for the Leafs. He's been on the ice for 27 goals for and 13 goals against. So 67.5. Yeah, that's a a big advantage the Leafs have for a third pair is they they handle their minutes. Morgan Riley has been on for 20 goals for and 23 against. Yeah, obviously the context is who who you're playing against. And Riley is one of two players in the league that have played 20-plus games and are only defensemen on their team with a negative plus-minus. Cool, 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 cool. Noah Dobson is the other one on the Islanders. Yeah. Let let me just say on the Keefe quote. Those aren't uh, pretty. No, it's not good. It's not good. On the Keefe quote about how he's become a guy that you just have in your lineup and you're happy to have him. Which is great, but... Uh, it's 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 praise yes ish yeah but you know like i think for a lot of guys that's what you'd want from your demon that's what i want to hear about justin hall i want to hear that you're happy to have him and you just don't think about him and whatever those are great qualities if you're kind of slotted into i would say three four five he's in every night we don't think about him he does his job right right just the one and the two yeah. Is that you you want. And that leads us to Morgan Riley. Yeah. Where he's he's been lost since he's come back. I, I don't know any other way to kind of frame it. Yeah. But he, he looks like he's just caught mm-hmm. on what on what he wants to be on any particular night. Yeah. Would you love it if he was your second best defenseman? Wouldn't that be good? I don't even think his his plays warrants that right now. Yeah, but what is what is Morgan Riley to you? Yeah, Morgan Riley has always been as a number one guy in the NHL, a little extended to call a true number one. But there's 32 teams, so he's a true number one. He's one of the 32 best D in the league, but at the tail end of that group, and so asking him to be the number one guy without. A real, like, you know, Lindholm to McAvoy or Sergachev to Hedman to be this true standalone number one guy, you're falling behind the, the good teams with him as your number one. And the, it's not meant as a knock on Riley. That's just the construction of the team. They don't have an elite number yeah. one. They have a number one in Riley, but not an elite number one. He's not even a top half number for me, one. He's starting to to go into that place where um he's gonna get knocked he is gonna get knocked he's, what do you mean by knocked but by, by verbally like yeah by you say you can't knock him okay right okay and i'm saying th- there's some plays out there now where where he's 
he, he's a he's in between. He's caught. Yeah. Uh, whether or not Confidence? he should stay or go, and he's they're, they're, the fan base is going to start really knocking on him. It's, hap- soon. it's happening online now. You think it's already ha- it's, 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 it's full blown, a, Sammy? Where, where, where's Riley on the on the grand scheme of things of uh, I, I would the say, blame game right now. I would say borderline the number one talking point you start, amongst, you the, start and take amongst the fan base. Yeah. It's a it's. It's percolated from Justin the, Hall is just Homer Simpson into the bushes. It's, just. it's percolated from below the surface to very near the surface yeah. in terms of talking points. Well, here for me, I, I watch him and he doesn't know whether to. I think that's a good point that you're making. Doesn't know. Are you an offensive where defenseman? Go, where, where to go? What to do? It seems every decision he makes is is a bad one. So here's what I want to know from you and is is it better to have him commit to being the offensive guy the Leafs don't have any no. offense from the back end Nick they got nothing the, the, no offense from their D the answer to that is no so don't you want to get it from someone no no that's just more pressure on your boy Mitch okay he can handle it and so can Austin yeah uh, I'd I'd sooner I'd sooner want this team to lose 2-1 mm-hmm uh, then, then say then, go out score Riley's then, latest. Then go out there and 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 just you know find a way to win seven five. It's That's, not helping Riley. I but. I would go back and I'd watch games with Morgan when he wasn't in the lineup and watch our D mm-hmm. and watch the the percentages of the plays that they make right and, and the risk factor. Yeah. And we were really good when you weren't there. But watch the decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's where Morgan gets himself in trouble is that he's going against the grain of everything that worked in the month of November when he wasn't there. And I think he needs to simplify his game and just focus on being on the right side mm-hmm. and being incredibly cautious when he's on the ice. That's where I would start with Morgan Riley. This sounds whatever don't you think he could benefit if his playing style were a bit more like mark giordano's in that the thought now for giordano is he doesn't care if he ever gets another point he won an Norris yeah. trophy right he just wants to be the guy who breaks it out quick gets it up the rink like do those sort of defensive things and i understand that's a big switch for riley but what does the tail half of his career look like if it's a success it's probably not being eric carlson do we we have a guess? Yeah, we're gonna okay. go to yeah. we're gonna go to Jovo and maybe we can just pick this conversation right up. Uh, Perfect guy to talk to. Ed Jovanovsky, former NHL defenseman. He knows a little bit uh through it is uh what close to twelve hundred National Hockey League games. Um Jovo, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. Thanks. Yeah, listen, uh everything good over there? Yeah, it's okay, you know. I mean it's January in Canada, Ed. Breaking it down with a microscope <laughs> here. You know this city, right? Right, right in the thick of it. Yeah, we're yeah. just we're just talking about uh, you know when certain defensemen get caught between you know, where is my true strengths? Is it on offense? Is it on defense? I mean, you've had success on both sides of the puck in your career. Morgan Riley is the guy that. Uh, Seems to be a bit of a whipping boy these days here up in Toronto. But uh, when, when things aren't going well on both sides, what does a defenseman do to kind of get himself back on track? Well, I, I, you guys have 
I'm sure heard this and, and seen it through your days, but you know, maybe a little easier said than done, but just keep it simple. Every time there was there was a point in my career where, you know, not wouldn't say overwhelmed, but just kinda of like too much and it just just let the puck do the work. You know, get into a game, focus on making a good first pass, getting back quick, having that couple extra seconds to make that pass. And let the puck do the work. Don't try to beat that extra guy. Um, more, uh, you know, his skating is so good. So he's always going to be that fourth and fifth man. You know, up, get the puck at the point. Listen, you don't have a lane. Get it back behind the net. Don't complicate things. Mm-hmm. And then the D zone, do your own job. You know, sometimes you uh, you feel like you're you're kind of bigger than you can play two positions, right? Yeah. Instead of kind of taking care of your own, you try to help your buddy just kind of complicates the things. And then at the end of the day, it's your guy that ends up scoring. So just kind of focus on what you can focus on. And, um, you know, things will kind of fall into place. He's a guy that's going to get ample opportunity. He plays in every situation. I haven't been following the struggles of, of Riley, but been there, done that. <laughs> you know, you know what it feels. It's just about getting your confidence back. Right. Yeah. And he's a, he's an elite defenseman and I'm sure it's, it's right there for him. Yeah, a little bit of patience would go a long way when you're naturally talented. It tends to you tend to figure it out, um, which is a natural segue to talk we're about. Here with Ekblad as well. Yeah, oh yeah. We're we're seeing the same thing a little bit with Aaron Ekblad too. I mean, he's you know he's been injured, so he comes back. He feels like you know he can do a little bit more. Uh, being off for a while, the conditioning's not there. You know, and um, he's just starting to kind of, you can see his game picking up, but you can see the confidence was lacking. These top players, uh, you know, you always say it, have feelings too, you know, and always you try to, you know, get their confidence, try to keep the game as simple as possible until you feel that confidence to maybe do a little bit more. Yeah, and I'm wondering with that whole decor for Florida, obviously this team had a ton of success last year. Um, maybe struggling a little bit more on the defensive side of things than the offensive side of things. The decor, the the issue there. Well, it's it's always you know you talk about that trade and and you know mm. I'm always asked what do you think of the trade? I, I, listen, you bring in Matthew Kachuk with the age 24. He's he's been everything and and more coming into this situation in Florida. Aaron Eckblad played with Mackenzie Weger for better part of a handful of years. So the chemistry was there. They're playing in all situations together. Um, you know what it's like when you, you, you have that, you know, that confidence and that similarity that you're playing with your partner for, for years. I've done it too, where I have a partner for a few years. It's great. Then you bring someone else and then maybe you're switching sides, right? You're not playing your normal position. I think it has had a little bit of a trickle-down effect on the back end. Montour has done an unbelievable job kind of filling in that Uyghur position. And now you got, you know, you got Mahura, a guy playing more minutes. Um, Forsling, uh, who's having another great year, he's playing a little bit more minutes. So, I mean, that trickle-down effect has had a little bit of an issue on the back end. Um but over the last handful of games, you can see him getting a little bit stingy on the back end, a little bit more attention to detail, getting the pucks out in, in, in certain areas where they were turning those pucks over early on. It was ended up in your net. So you can see their all-around game, something that they preached from day one, trying to build that playoff-style hockey that wasn't working early on. 
But you can start seeing the message getting through to the guys from the coach. We're talking to Ed Jovanovsky, former NHL defenseman, and now working for Panthers Television for uh, Bali Sports. Uh, Jovo, uh, 11 points behind Tampa in the Atlantic, and they uh, and Tampa. We're not looking that far, Kipper. <laughs> Tampa's got three games in hand. So what is what is the sense uh, in in Florida? That they're still in it, that they can well, come back. What, like, where's where's the attention now? Well, Pittsburgh and Washington, I think right now, I think you're looking in those wild card positions, being, you know, being four points out of that position. Yeah, Florida's played 45 games, or you know, Wash has played 46. But I think yeah. kind of getting into those areas there is is. I mean, you got to go on a serious heater, I think, to get in, in, into those situations. But I, I think right now, Kipper, as you know, um, game at a time, right? I, I think tonight's going to be a nice measuring stick, kind of see if they can continue this, you know, playing well. They haven't won three games in a row all year, you know, which is like mind-blowing, right? When you look at this team, what they did last year and on the runs that they would go on. So trying to develop that consistency. Um, but, yeah, looking into those wild card positions, kind of sneaking into those areas is something that, you know, I know the guys are looking at. Just a, just one more on uh, before I go to you, JB. Uh, just just uh, the big trade and how everybody spoke of it being a win-win. When, when the Panthers struggle, is that something that the marketplace would go back and revisit? Is that talk amongst the hockey uh, people down there. I, I know what it would be like in Canada to revisit that on the yeah. struggles of, of Florida and Calgary. So what is the narrative off that blockbuster trade that uh, ultimately landed you guys, Matthew Kachuk? Well, first of all, I'm not sure this big trade even made the paper when it happened way back then. So let's about the wow. media. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's, it's, um, heavily covered, I, you know, I, I, I think there's, yeah, I mean, the easy thing to say, Kipper, is, yeah, you know, a team has struggled, and, you know what, they shouldn't have, you know, got rid of got rid of Huberto and Uyghur. Yeah, it's kind of the easy cop-out thing to do. I, I think if this trade was there again to be made, I think Bill Zito pulls the trigger. You know, it, it's up to the guys, too, to come out and perform. They just didn't perform early on, and, and things were snowballing. You just couldn't get out of a rut. Um, Matthew Kachuk has is, is come in here and done an unbelievable job. I don't need to go over his numbers, but what he does also is kind of, you know, drag the boys into the fight. And this team gets in the playoffs. I'm curious to see kind of what his game, you know, how this team will transform in the playoffs because he's that type of player that I think is well-suited for the playoffs. And, and frankly, I, I think, you know, you look at the last couple of years, um, there wasn't much fight, you know, on the, on the front end by the guys, you know, specifically mm-hmm. the guy that they moved, you know. It wasn't, uh, you know, in the playoff time, um, as you know, your star players get checked a little bit harder, and you got to fight through that. And I like Matthew Kachuk in that position. Yeah, for sure. You know, a guy I wanted to ask you about was uh, the guy who keeps getting all the most underrated player in the league conversation and Selkie conversation, uh, Barkov. How has he, uh, his year been? 
Well, he, not by you know by his standards, not not great. Yeah, I, I think he you know he, he battled pneumonia there early on, and he was out, and he was uh, um, you know coming back. It's always tough, you know, from that Ill, illness getting your conditioning back. But you know, you see spurts of it. Why you know maybe the number? He's a point a game guy right now. Still, you know, thirty five games, got thirty five points. Um, but what he does in, in, in key situations, right, guys, he's, he's a face-off guy, the way he, you know, that horse centerman in the middle, the way that he can track back and break up plays, the way that he can layer in the defensive zone where he's really kind of covering up as that next man for the defenseman to start the breakout out. So there's many facets that, you know, probably the normal guy is not really looking at that is a difference that he's contributing I mean, certainly you want his offensive numbers to to pick up, and I think right now where this team is, uh, not a better time for the horse to lead the way for this group. Hey, Jovo, uh, 24 years ago today, where where were you? (laughs) Yeah, I was brought up earlier. Yeah, that's pack your bags up, Joe. Thanks for coming. 22 (laughs) years old, we're going to ship you off to Vancouver. Um, Thanks for everything. yeah, listen, it was, you know, my daughter was six months old at the time when I got wow. traded. So um, it was just like, I'm like, oh, my God, what's <laughs> now what? I get traded the next morning, um, uh, 6 a.m., I'm on a flight to Dallas, Nashville, back-to-back. I got Iron Mike as my coach. He played <laughs> the 29 in 32 minutes, back-to-back, to, back to and then get to Vancouver, Mark Crawford's their coach. So, uh, and then I didn't see the sun for 19 days when I got to the old British Columbia, but... Um, it worked out pretty good for me in Vancouver. It was a city that I didn't really, you know, want to leave when I went to Phoenix. Was there um, was there any sense but, you know, of you being a part of that, or did, was that just like dropped right into your lap? You know what? I, I should have known this. In quick story, sorry, the dogs are barking. No I was problem. in Vancouver. We were playing Vancouver, and uh, it was morning skate, and I'm out there. And I'm watching. I'm watching the team Vancouver skate, and Snowy Gar Snow skates by him. He's like, "Hey, Jovo, what number do you want?" Oh no way! <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, here we go. So um, yeah, sure, sure enough, you know, I think a month later, there I am, uh, you know, with the, um, you know, made the, got the trade and and. Is what us, but I ran into Berkey actually when he was down here, and he was telling actually my son, he's like, you know what, I wasn't making that trade unless your dad was in that trade, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was good times over there, but certainly at 22 with a newborn at home, you just never expected, and you also where you were drafted, you know, in an organization, you didn't think after a couple years, <clears throat> then just kind of pull the plug on you, but is what it is. Uh, just from afar, you know, for someone that has spent uh, a lot of time in uh, that Vancouver Canuck organization, uh, oh man, it's it's tough to watch. I would imagine for you, uh, even more so because you know how how great it can be there. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and, and you know it's a great market. They just like Toronto, right? There, it's 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 hockey twenty four seven. And when things are going well, it's a real special place. And it's unfortunate how, um, you know, things have kind of evolved, you know, there, you know, goalie situations and, 
you know, full, now you got kind of a captain that's, you know, not sure where that's going to go. I'm sure Bruce has already got his luggage packed. Yeah. I mean, who knows how this can unfold and, um, you know, the comments that are, you know, Jimmy Rutherford coming out there that just got to really kind of dive into kind of finding out what issues are, but it's, um, it's, it's tough, you know, and things, especially in, in a market where they're so hockey crazed and the passion is there and, and it happened to me when I got there, we were like, you know, very like 13,000 people there the next year throughout my career, there was a complete sellout all those years, you know, so it kind of got the team kind of back on, you know, that respectability. And it seems like now watching the games, you see, look, you know, quite a bit empty seats. So hopefully they can kind of get it together there and, and figure things out. Well, happy anniversary on your 24 years ago today where um, Pavel Burry was also thrown into the trade. Was he not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what really ticked me off on that on that on that whole thing was my paychecks got smaller for some reason. <laughs> Came up to Canada from Florida. That's tough. Jovo, really appreciate. Like, what happened here? Yeah, really appreciate your Anytime, time, guys. Okay, Jovanovski, so former NHL defenseman, former Vancouver Canuck, twenty-four years ago, traded with or for Pavel Burry. You know, I don't know if you can have a much no. worse tax swing yeah. on your check, can you? Going from no income tax in Florida. What was the actual trade? What was the total trade? I'm pulling then? it up right now. Um, it was, uh, it was Brett Hedekin, Brad Ferentz, uh conditional draft pick uh, with Beret to Florida for Dave Gagne, Ed Jovanoski, Kevin Weeks, Mike Brown, and a conditional draft pick. Wow. Yeah. That's a blockbuster. Yeah, that's a blockbuster. That's a blockbuster. Jovo was a Jovo was six three two twenty five hundred career points on the schnoz. By the way, and it must have been uh, for those two years after um, Pavel got traded to Florida. The two years he went fifty eight fifty nine goals. goals. Oh, the yeah. first he two seasons he went to Florida. Electric. If you're Jovo trying to live, live up to that stay at home defenseman playing in the gloom in vancouver yeah, and they're taking an extra 30 percent off your paycheck <laughs> yeah, great uh jovo did mention the thought of a wild card in the east for florida they are yeah that's a good thought well it is but it's one of those where washington is eight in front of them and a lot. Pitt is four in front of them with two games in hand and we we believe one of Washington, Pitt, or the Islanders will miss the playoffs, right? Are we, we not? Yeah, yeah, are it, we there now? I, if Florida gets in, two of them have to miss. That's I, right. Right. Washington, Pitt, like, and the Islanders. Who, is that realistic? That, that miss for my Islanders. Washington, Pitt, and the Island, two will miss the playoffs for Florida to get in at this point? I wouldn't bet on that. I've watched a couple. No. Penguins games recently. I know they're a little stinky too. I, I would, you know, they're they're missing Jari, which is obviously huge. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm concerned about the Penguinos. I know, and you know what? We've been saying that for two and a half, three years, and every time we do, Sid, I know, and Mike Sullivan bail them out. Guess yeah, what? We've also we, limped in the first what? round, and get dummy. I don't care. They get in, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we also said, you know, those kind of things about Tom Brady, and then we watched last night. So, to me, it's just. I 
I would bet if I had to make a bet right now on who would make the playoffs this year, either the Cats or the Penguins, I'd probably get some value on the on the Panthers, and I'd probably take them. You did pick Brady Boom. at the end of yesterday's show, by the way. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to look, look, look like an idiot betting against the goat. And what did I tell you? <laughs> what did I tell you? You're right. Listen, I can live. I can live with going down at the goat. You know, divorce. Not his year. No, tough year. Tough year. Selfish. He selfish. Is. Incredibly selfish. I move. just could not have any less time did, for that. Did you athlete. catch his uh, post-game uh, no, press conference? Did he cry? Snoring. Tell me he cried. Well, it was like he was thanking everybody. Not about the divorce, but the loss. Oh, okay. Oh, oh was he it was, it was, retiring again? Well, it sounded like uh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Wolf, goodbye, at Wolf. least Tampa. Yeah. Oh, he's going somewhere else. No, he's yeah, he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, Great. that's my guess. Him and, too. Him and um, oh, please don't go away for the Jets. Well, don't do it. I'd Sean, rather watch him, Zach Wilson throw it six yards downfield to the other team than Tom Brady. Him and Sean Payton are going to team up, go to the Jets, and they're going to win a Super Bowl, and you're just going to have to love them. Anyways, I don't think I could do it. I truly don't. Yeah, you right. could. All right. Enough Brady. Okay. Now Keith Kachuk. <laughs> we will be discussing that. The Sun the combination, rating. leading scores, leading PMs. I'm sure dad wouldn't have it any other way. Keith Kachuk, after the break, you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Toronto Maple Leafs ready to battle tonight against the Florida Panthers, who in many ways are, are looking at a must-win game. Florida will come in all juiced up, Matthew Kachuk, ready to battle. Yeah. I mean, they're in a back-to-back, but the, you know they, they're going to bring it. We don't have Matthew Kachuk as our next guest, but we have someone close. Very close. Yeah. The man who is responsible for putting him on this planet. <laughs> How's that for an opening? Let's welcome in Keith Pretty Kachuk. <laughs> Not bad. Now, b- before we get going, are... Are you still the director of recruitment for the St. Louis Blues? Correct. That is correct. Do you suck because you couldn't get your own kid there? (laughs) I must suck. (laughs) I don't don't think my kid wanted to deal with me every day, so he decided to go elsewhere. Oh, man. uh, (laughs) And, uh, like, is that, like, uh, a part-time thing? Or, I mean, are you on the road? How hard are you working at this? I'm on the road a lot. I work. I mean, I'm an empty nester now, just the wife and I. So I want to get out and I work for the Blues and I do it full time. I like doing the free college free agents and help out with the amateur draft and whatever they need me to do, I'll do. I just can't sit around here all day. (laughs) And you weren't tempted to fly up to watch this uh, game tonight against uh, the Leafs? Uh, 100% no. We just had Ottawa in town. <laughs> we, first of all, it's a grind just to get to Canada these days, yeah, you know. So, uh, But, no, we had Ottawa Senators in town. So we had uh, the night before, Sunday night, we had all the trainers over and uh, some of the younger players over. So it was good. So I'm just trying to recover. So you, obviously you've been paying a lot more attention to the Florida Panthers this year, the sun changing teams. Uh, what has the initial experience looked like from your perspective? Well, you know what? Matthew's happy. Um, you know, they're starting to play better now as a team. Uh, they went through a lot of injuries um, at the beginning of the year, and they just weren't clicking. Great. There was always something going on. Players missing. They had to play short because of the salary cap. 
but I say, and they travel, they've been traveling a lot. So I think things are settling down now. I mean, obviously they're not happy where they are, but uh, you know, it's a it's nice, uh, nice getting down to Florida for a few days here and there with the weather and stuff, but no, he's enjoying himself. And um, you know, it's, it's been a good transition. He loved Calgary, but you know, wanted a change of pace, and uh, it is what it is. And the Atlantic Division, the East in general, is really hard this year, especially the Atlantic. So, um, you know, some great teams, Boston, Toronto, and, and, and Tampa, are really standing out this year. So it's going to be a grind till the end. We, we know that, uh, you know, Calgary was in a, in a tough situation, like most free agents at that age uh, who are, are, are really good. Um, when we when we talk about Matthew being one year away from unrestricted free agency, and I know joking aside, you know we we talked about uh, him possibly, you know going to St. Louis. But can I ask you, did did the conversations between you and Matthew and and the possibility of going home were they were they serious considerations? Not the pros and cons of it. Did you guys go through that process? You know what, Matthew's a pretty intelligent kid. You know, he, he's got good head on his shoulders. He knows what he's doing. I felt with St. Louis and Matthew was a little bit a tough situation for me, so I stayed out of it. Um, I wanted Matthew to make his own decision. But he talked to Doug right when he became a free agent um, where they were allowed under the CBA, and he had some good conversations with Doug. I don't know how far it went, obviously, when – Florida came into play. I think right then he decided that's the place he wanted to go. Um, it's always somebody's, you know, dream to play in their hometown, but um, this situation he felt was better fit for him. You know, we were talking before you came on, and uh, there's three players in the NHL that are leading their teams in points and PIMS. Uh, two of them are your sons, which is a pretty cool stat. <laughs> Would you say that the PIMS part comes naturally to them, or did you encourage them to play a little bit more aggressively? I'm asking because I have a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully a six-year-old not going out there doing some of the stuff. No, he's not nearly <laughs> tough enough yet, Keith. I'm working on him. Well, I would say that. But no, you know what? The boys, uh, I like the fact that the boys play the game hard and, 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 you know, they'll do things to help out their team win and, you know, play in the tough areas. And that's what it's all about. It's not all about, you know, fighting or doing this. It's about getting your nose dirty and, and sending the right message to your team. And if you have to take a penalty, that's the way it goes. But, you know, Hopefully they're not in there too much. I think Matthew is, you know, needs to make sure he's on the ice more. The wins are so critical. And I think Brady, you know, Brady will fight. I mean, that's what I love the fact about him. Like he's not willing to back. He's not going to back down to anybody. And then they play the game hard. And I respect that. Your uh, experience, not only uh, a playing, but also being a dad, minor hockey, watching Brady and Matthew come up through the ranks and just the type of players that they are today, we don't see that many, Keith, anymore. So in your opinion, is it because we're not asking players to play that way anymore or we're just not finding players willing to do it? Well, it's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think every I think nowadays, it's I think everybody wants to be a skilled player. I mean, when they're a kid, which is great, that's what you want to teach at a young age. You you want to make sure these guys have, you know, the proper ingredients to play to be successful in skill work and skating and and stuff like that. You know, and it's some of that grind that you have in there that compete. I mean, it's got to be within you. You got to be want to be able to 
play in an uncomfortable situation. And, and kids nowadays are treated different too. You got to remember that. Um, there's not, you know, what the, what the hitting has kind of gone away in the youth uh, hockey, which is great. You don't want to see these kids getting hurt. Um, but then again, some of these kids are so focused on skill. They put themselves in some difficult situations and they get clobbered out there. So mm-hmm. it's a fine line, I guess, but I like the fact that, you know, when things aren't going well for you um, individually as skill wise with the puck, there's another ingredient that you can bring to help your team. And I think that's why I love the fact that they're willing to play a physical game and playing in your face and, 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 you know, agitate a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I think it's the compete level that's most important for me. And anybody, you know, every time I told my kids, you know, I don't care if they score goals or do this or do that. It's willing to compete and be a good teammate. And, and they've done a good job of that. You know, that, I would say, has been a fair criticism of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The team we talk about every day is, you know, having the guys and the big moments and that willingness and, you know, they look forward on the free agent market every year. They brought in Nick Felino for a first overall pick this year in looking for guys. A name that has come up once in a while is Ryan O'Reilly. Now you guys are only four points out of a playoff spot and obviously not in a selling position, but I am curious about O'Reilly and his season so far. This guy who's, I think he won a Selkie trophy. He's always a contender. He's a dash 28 right now, which is very unlike him throughout his career. What has O'Reilly's season looked like? Well, as far as I'm concerned, and obviously whatever happens to him is above my pay grade, but right. the fact that he's the guy that won the Smite for the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, so in, in our minds, he's a hero here. Uh, he's a great player. He's a, such a professional. He's such a great guy, one of the hardest-working guys. That plus-minus stat is, is, is really unfair, really, yeah. because he plays against – I mean, it's just one of those years where it just – Everything seems to have gone wrong, um, but you know he's a competitor. He's a worker. He he's loved by his teammates, and he wants to get better. And it's just one of those stats. And whatever happens with him happens. I mean, he's he's done so much in such a little time here in St. Louis. Not only with the Con Smythe, the winning a championship, it's it's how you know these younger players look up to him and see his work ethic and see what he does to get better each and every day. And unfortunately, he's hurt right now which is bad timing, but, you know, we strung a couple wins together, but once he gets back, you know, we can make another run. I mean, we're behind the eight ball a little bit, but he's a big reason why we've had so much success over the last bunch of years and been so competitive. It's because of him and his leadership. We're joined by Keith Kachuk, former NHLer, former St. Louis blue current member in the recruitment department. Um, Keith, when it comes to expectations now, and and you were a member of the St. Louis Blues chasing a Stanley Cup. What did uh, what what did the the cup mean moving forward for the community, minor hockey, and ultimately maybe even the the pressure that Doug Armstrong still feels to compete yet again? Did the cup change things in so many different ways in St. Louis? Well, it changed things because this, this fan base and this organization has been waiting for a long, long time. And I think it's really helped out. And you can date back to when Brett Hull came here, the significance he had on minor hockey. And it's no different with during that, that Stanley Cup run where, you know, we came out of nowhere and just got on a run and on, on a heater and we were unstoppable and going into Boston game seven and winning. I mean, this is a sports town. You've been here. It's a Cardinals town, a baseball town. They love their hockey. 
Um, it would have meant so much for the city. And Doug Armstrong, since he's been here, his, his record is incredible. Um, wins, losses, they're in the playoffs pretty much every year, but one maybe. So the expectation is to win every year. We have great ownership. We're always at the cap. We'll, and Doug, Doug doesn't give a shit. He'll trade anybody. Like, he'll, he'll make deals. That's the one thing I love about Doug. He'll do whatever it takes to make his team better. And it's all about winning and nothing else. Okay, uh, I'm going to take you out of your hockey mode and go back to a dad mode, okay? And okay. This, is just, this is just me looking from afar. Uh, and this new generation of chewing mouth guards, have you ever gone up to Matthew and just said, hold on for a second, I was the guy that, like... Like, created a, a a choke-free environment when you were, like, two years old in our house. <laughs> and now I'm watching you chew this thing on breakaways and back checks, and I'm like, I can't think of a bigger choking hazard in my life than playing in the National Hockey League going 25, 30 kilometers an hour, and this thing dangling from your lips. Have you ever had a conversation with him on this? No, it's not even worth it because you know what? He, he, he's gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna learn the hard way. That's the only way to learn. I'm not gonna tell them. I'm not gonna take their phone away. They live on their own. They make way more money than I do. I, I, I don't know what else to do. I know I spent, and my wife and I spent a lot of money at the dentist and stuff. And you know what? Shame on them. It's their fault. Not my responsibility anymore. I got my teeth knocked out, and I had a mouthpiece in from a slap shot from T.J. Oshie, Ugh. and it put a hole right through my mouth guard, and I lost five teeth. I couldn't imagine not having a mouth guard. It's just that. Uh, you know what? Oh, well. It's up to them. <laughs> They're going to learn the hard way. There you go. Your work is done. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> like, like a blackjack yeah. dealer when I'm their shift's the, over. I'm off the clock. Yeah. I'm off the All clock, right. baby. <laughs> hey, listen. It's been a blast, Keith. Thanks for doing this for us. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Take care of yourselves. Appreciate it. Keith Kachuk, proud you're, papa. You're concerned about the, the choking hazard? I, I, That's a concern I, of I, yours? I don't get it. I don't get it. You're, like, you're oh, just... No, no, no. We, we're like, we're in the era like where, where we used to like, like almost give penalties out for a chin strap. Yeah. Okay? Remember and the, now the it's measurements? Like, oh, the... we can't. You know, a helmet comes off. You need to go straight to the bench. You cannot make another line rush without a helmet. But I'm going to let you chew this thing around like it's a, like a, like yeah. you really got 20 pieces of, of bazooka bubble gum in your mouth. No problem at all. The big thing, too, is it's not just the teeth. They're actually for concussion prevention, right? Like That's more to, what they're for. Right. To for, stop the, for biting down. the head rattling together yeah. when you... Yeah. Get smacked. Well, so that you can make a real case for the health importance of yes. them. I don't think it was a serious but question, but. Let's wait for the, the first trainer that needs to perform the Heim, Heimlich. <laughs> the and, mouth guard. And Patty then, done it his whole career, and too. And then we're going to have a discussion. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that would be now things get serious. Yeah. Um, it's just l- a Let tick. me just note. It's just, it's just, it's something that he just does. Like, it's, I bet it would feel so weird to play hockey to him without having I it dangled. You did it? Like, not as much as him. Like, oh, he's, no, no, he's, no. Like, McDavid's uh, got it dangling out of his mouth when scoring Kane, goals. Yeah. No Pat joke. Kane, yeah. Yeah. they all do it. And it's... I was, it, you know, going up to the face-off playing with it or whatever. It's a cool thing to do now. All the cool kids. I just need to know, we can continue this conversation, but we are three for three, our last three guests... Of blatant cursing on our show. By what the way. is going on? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad right. everyone is comfortable we're, to talk to us. Exactly it. We're like it's a bar people, room. We're putting people in the comfort zone, and we're not cussing. So it's not us.
What are we supposed to do? I'm what feel, do you want me to do? I, can't. I feel out of like I'm like not a cool kid now. <laughs> I feel like I got well, to chew, chew a the, mouth guard. I got to chew a mouth guard by you know coming up with a four letter. I, it's great word. though. It's That's, even sports that employees too. Like, what am I supposed to do here? I uh, sorry, Brandeo. He's kind of been thrown at the so, wolves here. So he mentioned something in that interview that I think because you guys were talking about how ask about why his two kids sort of play the way they do. And he was mentioning that the way hockey has changed from the grassroots level, there will be a time here, fellas, in the not-too-distant fu- future where there will be barely any physicality and any fighting. And I don't I think, think like, so. You always think it's going to be there? Yeah. Because the I way don't that think you can play hockey any other way. The way, like, there'll be some, listen, there's going to be some disagreements no matter what, but I think it's going to go even lower than it is now. Like, you, watch, ju- you yeah. watch junior hockey these days? Like, I watched junior hockey when I was a kid. Games cost oh, junior th- hockey was they, a they took four and a half hours yeah. like there was just all fights or whatever and you go to a game now and there's barely a hit there's barely any fighting like it's just it's changed so much the grassroots level and it's got to make its way up to the, the highest level i am leaning more towards jb than you sammy on this that's fair and i'm glad to hear that um and <laughs> i i do believe that it, it may be a little uh cyclical mm-hmm. that for sure it it, it, it will eventually turn and I, I do believe that there, there will be a new generation that sees opportunity of creating um, an image or uh, a style of play that, is, that some teams are starving Begging for. Begging. There is an opening right? if you're a guy who plays with 10% animosity. Right. And, and I think that a lot of teams saw, oh, the game is getting... You know, not maybe gentler, or you can be a speedy, skilled team. You don't have to worry about that part. And then, like, a bunch of big teams went and won and continued to pound it down their throats. And, and it's like, oh, and the be- we're missing that element. And the beauty of this generation is that you can fake it till you make it. Like, With that, for sure. So you don't have to be naturally angry. To being, mm, I don't want to insult anybody here playing the game today, but it's easier to bluff today than it was 20 years ago. As long as you fight a few times, you at least you, you're bluffing. You might have the cards. But if you never fight, you don't have the cards. But there is such a, a, a demand for it right now. And it, it kind of brought me back to the question that I asked. Uh, Keith was that the coaches aren't asking you to go out and do this or they're, they're just not willing to do it anymore. But there's a lot of cash sitting at the table and if you just upped your intensity a little bit, if you finished a few more checks, if you looked a Ma- little meaner, Matthew and Matthew and Brady's, you know, goal output is not that much higher than the next superstars. But because they're nasty, they make nine million dollars a year, whatever they make. And and no one in, I know now he fights, but in a couple more years, no one's gonna even go near Brady Kachuk. No, it's like he's earned. Like, the way that the game is going and the way that he plays are feels like two completely different directions. He's on my Braden point list of guys I would pick uncomfortably high for you. <laughs> like he's a stud. If yeah. which one would you if, if, if Bunting Brady if Bunting Brady. was two inches taller and had another fifteen twenty pounds on him? Yeah, that takes him to another 
level. But like he's also, squeezing whatever he can out of 5'11 and 170 pounds. It's mindset to me. And is he someone who actually, like, if he was bigger, would he. I think he'd have more confidence. More confidence and yes. just stay in the face and actually fight or. You know, again, I know there's people listening going, like, oh, Neanderthals, you don't have to fight to win. You don't. But, you know, having the element of a willingness to take it to your opponent, look them in the eye, stay on top of them and make them uncomfortable. And part of that is showing a willingness to stand in there when you do have to. 100%. And that's, you know, there are teams that are looking for it. They recognize they need it, and it's tough to find. Teams would pay. You don't even want to know what they pay for Tom Wilson. If, they, if Tom Wilson, the Capitals dropped out, and they're like, ah, we're going to trade Wilson. To de- if he was UFA. If he was UFA this year, sure. even coming off major reconstruction yeah. on his knee, would probably... Without blinking, look at uh, eight eight plus. And if you were a centerman, it'd be even more. You know, if you could, if you can find that in a guy who's down the gut, which is why when Austin Matthews cross checked Rasmus Dahlin in the throat and got a two game suspension, the only thing you heard from people was, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> if you could only play Rasmus Dahlin every game, <laughs> right? Who was uh, the Minnesota Wild that just signed? Boldy, uh, Matt Nick Boldy, Boldy, Boldy. Seven Nick Boldy seven. or Matt Boldy? Matt, yeah. Matt. Oops. Lovely player that can beat you in many different ways. Oh yeah, you're a fan. Oh yeah, and he it cost them forty nine million bucks, seven times seven. Gosh, but he's got he's got uh, he, he the the extra value is that he can come in with some edge, and he's a big boy. Yeah, he's over six two two hundred. Right, is it money boys? Play- listen to me. Minor hockey players, junior players, just up your intensity a little bit. Just a little bit. You, there's we are a, there's going, a want. We're going to go watch Bobby McMahon play for a third game for the Toronto Maple Leafs, strictly on the, the back of him being a big, strong guy willing to go go get it. You know, the most impressive thing wasn't that he ran anyone over or fight, fought anyone. He went and got the puck first, and he was willing to take the hit in a couple of his shifts. And, you know, that all goes to a willingness and a commitment that – you can't find in everyone. And by I, the way, I, 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 and I didn't have it. I know you did. I didn't have it. I grew up with the easy life. And we, I wish my parents had been crueler. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. You needed to walk home from practice needed, every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I think I feel like I had a roller bag at one point, and that probably did it to me. The old dreaded roller you know, bag. The, the classics, you know what the line is about that, that yeah. if your bag has wheels, you likely don't. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I don't have roller. wheels, and I don't have yeah. wheels, period. So. And it's, listen, you can't can't talk anybody into it, though, right? Like, you, you can't tell me that a few of your coaches had kind of nudged you oh, a little bit. Oh, it came up. It came up. And what was your first thought? I can do this. I'm going to try or well, you know, it, like, it's on, not for me. On the four check, I would be more than willing to go in and, and finish my check. I've always finished my check. But, you know, the other element of it where you saw Jake Gensel talking to uh, Brad Marchand in that highlight. I don't know if you saw it the other day. Yeah, I sent it to you guys. Yeah, but Marchand came came up to him and basically was like, you touch him again and I'll kill you or whatever and he did said. did you see uh, Gensel, Gensel backpedal? Like, he hit me first or something and like backpedaled and got the ref between them and whatever. Yeah. Not saying Gensel's whatever, you but not, there's a willingness of the Bruins top players. Did to, you not ever play against a guy where you felt if I hit him, 
and he doesn't get up, I'm okay with that? <laughs> That's a really wonderful question. Uh, I don't know. What are you getting at here? All day long. There are guys that you're like, to oh, hell yeah. with that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just care, like... Care to name names, Kimber? No. Okay. No. But I... You know, I, I really I, despise Billy Guerin in New Jersey a, a couple have, of games. I would have rather had players just go home and not be a part of the opposing team. But mine was more like... <laughs> when you show up to beer league and you hope the best player is not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just knew that there were certain guys who had called my bluff enough times that they were going to chase me around a little bit. And I was going to have to deal with that. And that was the guy you I wanted to go stick. with. stick. Well, that's what my coach would always say. Like he said, you cross-check him in the teeth and we'll kill it off for you. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cross-check a guy in the teeth. It's not my nature. I honestly was like, I'm not... Now he's do- really, really mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not my nature. Okay, I don't know what happened to this conversation. I don't know. We got a good break. Talking about oh. guys not getting up. What's wrong <laughs> with me? the weather outside. It's, we're in Mordor. Look okay. out there. It's pure fog now. It's just- what season is it? Anyways. I don't know. Wasn't the sun out just 24 hours ago? Yeah, but we, we got our two days of sun, and now we're, we're destined for 100 straight more of clouds. All right. Now that you got the uh, weather update uh, from Sammy McKee, <laughs> let's go to break and bring back Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff, and we'll get uh, his thoughts on Matt Murray going back to back. Is this the start when Sheldon says, "Take the reins"? All right, let's uh, let's ride a let's ride a number one here for the next little while. What do you think? I think so. Okay, this is the one. All right, back after this, you're watching and listening. To real Kipper and Bourne. Just waiting on Mike McKenna, daily faceoff hockey analyst, retired NHLer, AHLer, ECHLer. Did I miss a league? Uh, he only played in a couple, I think, didn't he? He just played. He'll tell us. Always does. <laughs> Do we have. He'll definitely know about Alex Lyon. 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 Do we have confirmation if. Alex Lyon is playing for the Florida Panthers tonight? No confirmation. Likely starter in, according to Justin Bourne's guestometer. <laughs> I got it. Right? Bobrovsky was played last night. A 4-1. Was he busy? Does that matter anymore? Lyon uh, is a 909 in the AHL. We got Mike. All right. I already introduced you. I'm not doing it again, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You do what you want, Kipper. It's fine, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. You missed it, but it was really good. Yeah, it was, it was good. better than David Amber's. Yeah, for sure. You got your name yeah. right. Yeah, I got your name right, and and uh, what you do. Um, well, it's good. If you screwed up, Mike McKenna, you'd yes. really be in one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's okay, a tough name to pronounce. Love coming to you for the goalie situation, not only here in Toronto but around the league. Uh, Toronto, Florida tonight. Uh, Bobrovsky played last night, four-one win in Buffalo. We expect maybe Alex Lyon to possibly play tonight. If that's the case, uh, where did you see this after spending what fifteen million dollars? on uh on spencer knight and uh bobrovsky because this thing has been uh pretty much a disaster well you know let's preface it by saying alex lyon even though he doesn't have a ton of nhl experience is somebody who's performed really well in the calder cup playoffs in the american hockey league before he has a ton of experience there um and, and he does have nhl games on his resume 
So, you know, are his numbers great there? Not particularly, but he can play. He was my goalie partner uh, my last year when I finished up in Phil, in uh, Lehigh Valley. And I think he's a pretty good goaltender. And now what you're facing, though, is when you have Spencer Knight out, you're probably not going to run Bobrovsky two straight games. Um, Lions had a pretty good season so far in Charlotte. And kind of here we are, you know. But I think it's a pretty big test for Florida because really – I don't think Bobrovsky has been great for them. I think Spencer Knight's been really up and down this year, which is not surprising considering he's only 21 years old, going to turn 22. He's still learning the league. He's still learning how to play in it. You're right. For a team of $15 million in goal, uh, maybe we shouldn't be too surprised that the Florida Panthers are currently well outside the playoff picture. Do you think those guys will sort it out this year, Bobrovsky and uh, Knight? Uh, You know, I keep waiting for Knight to really grab that crease. Yeah. And I, I... have thought that his peak this year has been better than Bobrovsky's because to me, Knight is very much a modern goaltender. He presents big. Um, he, he tends to at least stay within his post a little bit better than Bobrovsky does, who can chase at times. But there's still elements of Knight's game that, you know, to me kind of surprises me. I, I'm surprised that he continues to play with a pretty extreme depth for such a big guy. Um, I don't know if that's a product of his college upbringing and who he's had previously as a coach there, or if that's just where he prefers to play. Um, but boy, I'd sure like to see Knight take a page out of Jake Ottinger's book, you know, a little bit deeper, stay a little bit vertical. I think they're similar goaltenders. Um, but you look at the success that Ottinger's had, and again, he's three years older than Knight, but I think that's exactly the type of goaltender he needs to be looking at to really study up on and try to play similarly to, you know, we, we, anytime a team struggles, especially after winning the president's trophy, you're going to go through, uh, some decisions. And the, the one that kind of, I, kind of scratch my head on a little bit, Mike, is signing Spencer Knight a year removed. He's still finishing off an entry level, and next year he jumps to $4.5 million when he had no arb rights. He really had nothing there, and they just handed him uh, 4.5 for the next three years. And I'm I'm wondering, did, did, they, did they miss out on losing um, – uh, a big carrot dangling on him this year? Well, it sure makes you wonder about it. And I know that the the knock on Spencer Knight, and, and this is in a good way, I shouldn't say knock, but one of his the things he's known for is just being a really mentally strong, prepared goaltender, um, well-rounded individual, not just as a goaltender. But I saw that contract and I just went, whoa, 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 whoa. Like much the same thoughts as you here. Like, why are we just handing it to him right now? Like this is supposed to be a value play down the road. And I understand that teams are much more willing to gamble with contracts nowadays. Um, you know, it's not any different than some of the seven, eight year deals we've seen with players coming out of, you know, restricted free agency. But, you know, I hadn't seen anything from Knight to tell me that he was going to be a guaranteed four and a half million dollar goaltender. I thought that he had the potential to do that. Absolutely. Um, but I don't think from a motivation factor, it's going to affect him at all. I think just from the salary cap standpoint. I mean, like that's a lot of money to tie up and a big gamble when you still don't know whether you're going to be able to get rid of Sergei Bobrovsky or not. You know, I don't, I don't think there's a expectation to finish out that contract if at all possible in Florida. So I was really surprised when their GM Bill Zito gave that deal out, but I tell you what, I was really happy for the goalie union because that four and a half million dollars sure looks good around the league when you're looking at comparables mm-hmm. and that's good for everybody that puts the gear on. I just don't think it's good business for some of these teams. Sure. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we 
I think you probably spend a lot of time looking at goaltenders versus their contracts and how they're outperforming or underperforming. Obviously, Jack Campbell has come up this season quite a bit. He was a name I wanted to ask you about only because you had for quite a while mentioned that he had outdated gear and was playing and sort of, you know, he hadn't used sort of the newest equipment and he has since made that change. Um, Have you noticed anything different in his play since then or what would be different going from old gear to new gear for a goalie? Yeah, he's won three straight games and he's allowed two goals or less in five of the six that he started since he updated his gear around the holiday break. I love it. So, um, and here's the thing. I, I, it's easy for me to look towards an article I wrote a while ago that, you know, took off a little bit and say, Hey, I told you so. And I don't think that I single-handedly guilted Jack Campbell into modernizing his equipment. I know that this was a process that had been undertaken for some time. Uh, The encouragement factor, at least to try to get him to update his gear because his pads were just, they were so soft and flexible. And I mean, he's probably given up a half dozen goals a year through his five hole just because his gear was crappy. And it wasn't just that he had a puck go through his glove in Dallas, you know, early in the season. So um, he made the switch to a company, a different company, the same one that Carter Hart wears, and they train together in the summertime. And his new gear is a little bit boxier, a little bit stiffer, a little bit more modern. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just a confidence thing. Who knows if the gears actually make an extra saves, but it's not just gear. Like I've seen Campbell to me be more patient on his edges. I think he's been better about finding pucks through traffic. Those were two troublesome areas. Um, the one thing I see that he still doesn't do well, he still doesn't rotate very efficiently. His bot, his lower body doesn't rotate in the same way as his upper body. He kind of fights against himself and as times has a, at times has a hard time getting across with the entire package. But I think some of the other things, like I say, like patience is so important for a goaltender on their edges. Campbell was dropping early. He was pushing the envelope at the beginning of the season. I've seen that be dialed back in these last couple games. He just looks more relaxed, more patient, and really more confident in his movements and his safe selections. We've heard stories of like Brendan Shanahan wearing the same shoulder pad since like minor Adam. Are, are, go- <laughs> are goalies the same way? Do you know of goalies that just go, no, 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 this stuff works for me. I don't care how old it is. It used to absolutely be like that. Uh, Brendan Shanahan also used the Easton Classic aluminum shaft that he had to buy out the remaining stock from Easton years ago because they didn't make that log anymore. It was a, the heaviest stick. It was like 110 flex, and he, and he just couldn't quit with them. So that was pretty cool. I mean, Mike Madonna wore 652 tax clear until the end of his career almost, I think. Um, but Love for gear, goalies, guys. Listen to you. <laughs> oh, I could go on and on and on. I mean, West Walls had to retire because they couldn't get the right socks for him anymore, guys. Like, we have all kinds of weird things out there. But That's legit. When we're talk- Is it true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When we're talking about Marty Brodeur, there's a guy who wore the same arm and chest protector for the better part of like 20 years, man. And it took him actually getting injured before he realized, I- I've got to update. And he ended up getting one of Pekka Rene's old pro return arm and chefs. And he started to kind of update his gear in his last years. You know, I think until recently you would see some goalies use gear for two, three, four seasons. If it was like an upper body gear, right. An arm and chest protector, maybe that would be more common um, than it would be gloves, blockers, pads. Players would still goalies, especially would get new gear. It's just how they like it. Do they like it stiff? Do they like it flexible? And largely, we've really gone away from the super flexible gear. We've gone to more stiff gear that kicks rebounds out hard, that gets the puck away from us as quickly as we can. We're going to see Matt Murray play again uh, tonight. Many thought, including me, they 
probably go back to Samsonov. Uh, not sure if you watched uh, Saturday night, but uh, uh, maybe a couple of goals that uh, a few people questioned. But is is this a start that we can look on and say now they're going to lean towards one guy more than the other? Uh, someone even suggested to me, Mike, that uh, he's played more games on the road than at home and they want to give him more home games now is that even the thing uh you know it can be a thing if it starts to be really you know burdensome after a while you know in some ways it is tougher to play um continually on the road and you just want to start one at home because you can just you know you drive up in your car (laughs) you know you're you just feel more comfortable sometimes like it's tough to be a road warrior um I, th- I think it's a strength for the Maple Leafs to have two goaltenders that are obviously capable and have had played. They've played good hockey this year in moments. I didn't catch all of Saturday night's game because I was at a squirt hockey tournament in the Wisconsin Bells. Um, and I got to tell you, that place is unbelievable, by the way. Our squirt <laughs> C1 team got beat by a team from Chicago that had a ringer on it that uh, this kid didn't have any matching gear. He didn't even have his name on the back of his jersey when every other kid did. So the fix was in. But in any case, um, you know, I've seen good and bad from Murray. I still think that – I don't think there's been a whole lot of evolution to his game throughout this season. Um, I think that at times he's really pushed the, the the urgency envelope in a good way, but I still worry about the scouting report, right? Like everybody knows, get the puck airborne. Beat him side to side. He's going to get low and locked. Like that hasn't changed at all. Um, and, and I think that he's kind of gotten caught up with that, whereas I think with Samsonov, you know, he's a little bit more dynamic, but he's also more prone to allowing goals that befuddle you at times, you know, and especially if he starts to get deep in his crease, that's the one confidence tell for me with Samsonov. So um, I'd also like to know how to properly pronounce his name. Cause he's gone back and forth two or three times. It's really <laughs> is tough on me. No one can call you on anything. Just uh, pick, go, pick a direction. Go right. So, you know what? In general here though, guys, like, I would like to see the Leafs get to a point where one of these two starts to play two out of three games. That's what I would like to see. I think that'd be a good mix, especially heading towards the Stanley cup playoffs. When frankly, you have two guys, you don't know if they're going to be healthy or not. So they both do need to be playing, but man, you'd really like to ramp one of them off, ramp one of them up to get prepared for that high intensity playoff series. That's upcoming in a couple months. Hey, I got a question for you here that's probably a little loaded because I'm thinking about Morgan Riley. But when you're on the ice as a forward, I'm always aware of who my D-men are, you know, because they play different ways depending on who the ice, who they are. When you're a goaltender, how aware do you have to be of the D pair that your team has on the ice? Like, okay, I know I've got this guy who's a risk taker. Um, maybe I'm more likely to, to see chances coming than I normally would. Is that a thing or are you just kind of locked into the offense, the other team's offense? Well, I can tell you about the 2011 training camp that I spent with the Ottawa Senators, and they had a guy named Carlson on that team. (laughs) And I was very, very aware of the game that I played in St. John's for Hockeyville when EK65 was on the ice because I knew we might be scoring, but I also knew it might be coming the other direction real fast. (laughs) They're going five or four forwards, one D, eh? Yeah. I mean, this was early in his career, too, man, where he was just, you know, wheeling, right? And you do have to be aware because you, you tend to face different types of shots and this isn't, you know, you know what your strengths are for your defenseman, right? Like Eric Carlson, world-class talent. You know, he's a great puck rusher, but you do know you may face odd man rushes coming the other direction. So that's how you kind of have to gauge things is, is knowing the threat, you know, knowing who on your team as a defenseman, 
uh, is more willing to push a player further up the wall that might expose something a little bit deeper, or especially on the penalty kill. Which of your players likes to block shots and how they like to block shots? You know, do they take the inside lane away? Do they like to get right in front? So, yeah, absolutely. I think the best goalies out there are very aware of their defensemen and their tendencies more so whether than they go, oh, this guy sucks. I think it's more so they think right. I got to be ready for this to happen because I know it's a it's something I've seen before. What has surprised you more out of Seattle that they're 26, 13 and four and knocking on the door of being one of the top teams in the Western Conference halfway through or that it's come off the back of Martin Jones? <laughs> I think it's probably that the team is that good. And here's why Martin Jones to me was smart to go to Philadelphia last year. And the reason being is that he reunited with Kim Delabaugh, the goalie coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. And they'd worked together previously for the Los Angeles Kings organization. Uh, when Delabaugh was the development goalie coach and Jones was coming up through the ranks. And that's when I thought he played some of his best hockey. So I think he went there, retooled his game a little bit. And he's just, he's been a winning machine for the Kraken. Now, I mean, his, I just wrote a piece about Vezina power rankings for this year, and his 895 save percentage isn't going to put him in the mix for Vezina anytime soon. But the guy just keeps winning. Like, he's making big saves when he needs to. I just didn't see the Kraken being able to rattle off these games. They've come together in a way that's really surprised me. You've got Vince Dunn playing like an all-star on the blue line. Jared McCann's playing the best hockey I've ever seen from him. I mean, Burakovsky, what a signing, right? It's everything you would have expected or hoped from him. So it, it really does surprise me, and it's, it's great to see Jones being a big part of that. But you do have to wonder, right, what's the ceiling? Again, the, the traditional numbers, they don't look great. The advanced numbers, they're okay. But he's winning, man. And I tell you what, I'll take a winning goalie over with okay stats than I will a losing goalie with – incredible numbers at this stage you hey, just got to find ways to win yeah for sure and which is why i want to ask you Allmark, is it sustainable for him is he really can this i good? ask him one more question yeah, yeah, on do. seattle please do just one more before we go to that one yes i'm really loving your stuff by the way mike um <laughs> thank you we're, we're, as the back half goes and seattle now really feels like it's their playoff spot to lose do they say hey we've come this far with martin jones but let's get Grubauer going, or do you just keep rolling with it? Because I don't trust Martin Jones. Well, do you touch trust Philip Grubauer more? I That's have to. It. I'm paying him over six, uh, almost six million dollars. But for a team like Seattle, here's the argument I take: I, I they're, ahead of the, they're ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the curve right now. You've got to get Grubauer to at least play some games in case, and. I think it's a big picture thing. It's kind of like saying, are they going to add at the deadline? You know, are they going to add a goalie? I don't think they're going to add a goalie. Are they going to add players to make that team better, make a playoff or a Stanley cup run? I'm not sure of that either. I like what's going on there. Um, I do think that you'd want to see more of the two to one mix. Now here's the thing. Seattle right now is in a, they're in a dog fight out there in the Pacific, which I don't think we really expected, right? Like they're two points off Vegas. Los Angeles is right there. And, guys, Evander Kane's coming back for the Edmonton Oilers tonight, okay? That team is dangerous. I don't care what anybody thinks. And I don't think Calgary and Colorado are far off either. So if Seattle gets towards the deadline and they're still in the place they are, if they're rising up through the standings, I really don't think goalie's going to be what they add at because I, I don't think Ron Francis looks at that realistically thinking we're going to win the cup this year. But you know what? If it gets to the offseason and they start to look objectively, if they could move Grubauer's deal, I think I would definitely take a look at it. But I think they're probably going to stand pat with Jones. 
All right. And then my last one there was just on Allmark. And, and is it sustainable? Is he really a Vezina-type goaltender? A 936 save percentage okay. is not sustainable. No, okay. It will drop. Um, but uh, what I've seen from Allmark this year, the first thing I see is that there's been a decent delta between him and Jeremy Swayman as goalie partner. That, that means a lot to me. He's outperformed his goalie partner. Now, Swayman's gotten better as the season's gone on. That delta has, has shrunk. But there's elements to Omar's game that I really like, and he's not trying to do too much anymore. He played for the Buffalo Sabres for the better part of four or five seasons where it was all on his shoulders, and he was trying so hard. And I think even last year there was a bit of that with the Bruins. He's more restrained. Uh, he's got great hands for a Swedish goaltender, which is rare. Um, and turns out that's because he didn't have a whole lot of coaching growing up, coming up through Sweden. He was always one of the mid-tier goalies, not the greatest goalie. So he kind of had to figure things out for himself. I like his fundamentals. I like his hands. I don't think it's sustainable. I think by the end of the year, is he going to be a Vezina finalist? I think he's going to be a finalist. But to me, it all depends on whether the Islanders or the Predators make the playoffs. Because right now, Sor- Sorokin and Saros, they should be in the mix. Connor Hellebuck should be in the mix. Even Jake Ottinger. It's going to be a while before we really figure out who's going to take that trophy home. All right, buddy. We've exhausted you. Thank you for your great work today. You never exhaust me. This is fun. <laughs> it's right. goalies. It's goalies. <laughs> Always appreciate your time, Mike. Thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you later. I I can almost make up a, a name for a goalie, and I, I bet you he'd have good facts on him. I know. That, I mean, he's, McNeevils. I can throw any like, name ah, out. McNeevils. Like, yeah, 6-1 last year. and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Save percentage. Enjoys fishing in the offseason. Know him well. He's dialed. He's I, absolutely dialed. McKenna's the best, first of all. Second of all, he was harping on the Jack Campbell thing last year with the With the, with gear. the equipment. He was saying he's got to get new gear, and yeah. then he... So he went to, he didn't say the name of the company, but I will because I love the, the gear. It's Brian's. Yeah. Which is a good Canadian company. I think it's made down in the Windsor area. But they have, they do all the cool custom oh, yeah. ones. The, you know, like looks. the, like the, when the Coyotes have a cool one or like the Kraken. They always have these really cool. So I've always liked them a lot. Anyways, just wanted to say that. And that's, <laughs> I that's, agree. A, that's no, Brian's gear is awesome. And that's the brand he got. Yeah. yeah. But so, I there you go. did disagree with him on, uh, on Seattle's goaltending, I, I think this back half, they're they going to have to find a way to get Grubauer back in being the guy. You know, I don't... Not, not Martin Jones. And Jones I mean, has done a know, great job up until now, but I don't think that's sustainable. Well, that's that's the conversation, because you don't care who does it. You know, you have an $80 million yeah. salary cap, and who cares who stops the puck, as long as one of them stops the puck. But you're right. Do you believe that Martin Jones is suddenly a different goaltender than he's been? Probably not. No. I don't. And so you, you kind of want to see the yeah. guy who you expect to be better have a run and find it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's happening in Toronto. That's a fun conversation for Ron Francis to have with the head coach of the team. Yeah. Hey, 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 play hey the guy Dave, who's playing worse. Dave, the guy that stinks, can you get him a few looks? Yeah. Versus the guy that's carrying us through all these games well, that we're winning? and, you know, again, be careful because uh, when when – Martin Jones has an 895 and Grubauer has an 888. Mm-hmm. So, Oof. right. How, how, it's how not like better? he's stealing games for you. Like, he's not 936. I did want to know yesterday we were like the Seattle team. Um, they have 
Friedman noted in his 32 thoughts piece, their shooting percentage, like the highest in recorded history as a team. So you can expect them to score a little bit less uh, in future months. But yes, the goaltending, not going to get any worse. Like they're at least 895, 898 guys are better. So yeah, I don't know. I'm with you though. So this is it when you take it to Toronto is if Murray and Samsonov are kind of playing about the same quality you want to see it be the guy you're paying $5 million and you have under contract for another year, so he's going to get the opportunities first. Yep. Which is that why he's in tonight? Maybe. I, was I, uh, Just one more on Seattle. Yeah. Uh, their leading goal scorer. So what's your thing on Seattle? No. Why do you like Seattle? What's we, up with we, Seattle? We, was it not a former Toronto Maple Leaf? Oh, McCann. Who was shooting 28% this year. He's scoring a lot, huh? Now, kept, is that kept more Kept Kerfoot than... over McCann. <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard that. Did they do that? Was it that easy? Was it was it that? It was Hall, too. They protected Hall and Kerfoot yeah. and traded McCann. I forget that. That was a bit of a whoopsie, I think. Might want that one back. But McCann's that? also making five. Is he not? Yeah, he is. Right. Do you remember um, when they did the expansion draft? And there was like they had filmed the... Yeah, the Kevin Weeks The uh, Kevin Weeks fish. whipping the squid or the whipping the fish out there and... It, it said Alex Kerfoot, and everybody got all excited, and then they went to the actual thing, and it ended up being... Yeah, they leaked the, the wrong fish. Yeah, the wrong fish. <laughs> Exciting moments. Bet on the wrong fish. Yeah. Uh, Mike did mention Evander hey, Kane. What's your deal with Seattle? Why are you so interested in Seattle? I'm just fascinated that, like, I, I thought they were horrible this year yeah. to start. Yeah. I thought that uh, Haxall couldn't get the job done. I was wrong on that one. Yeah, I'm I with mean, you that there was like year and two. I'm, is his job on uh, the line? I, we just watched them do something that no NHL team in history has done, and that's no. win seven consecutive road games. Like, all right, all right, and they're they, they've got they've got a, a Vegas thing going right now, and that is they do have uh, a Vegas thing going. More misfit toys are having great success. They've the I league see stacked the cards in their favor again, and they're they're you know getting ba- they're balanced. Hate that. I hate the league stack the cards in their favor. Well, they're balanced and look at their picks. They have they have, this year they have their first, they have three seconds, they have two fourths, two sixth. Wow. Like they're just stacked with these picks. I mean, they have the second from the Leafs trade with Giordano. They're if they are in it at the deadline, they are a big time player for somebody. Has the league uh made any announcements on uh who the fans have been Thursday? So th- they don't do updates to see see no, who's seen- leading or anything like that in the vote getting. And I only bring this up. Kipper, I haven't seen one thing. Because, uh, because Shane Wright is eligible to be voted for. Oh, no. What are you doing here? I'm, no, I'm just telling you <laughs> that he could, NHL All-Star he vote. could be the first guy to get called up from junior A hockey. To play in an NHL All-Star game. Do you know I got sent down to play in the ECHL All-Star game? I was in the American League. <laughs> How did you get into that game? I was in the American but League. don't you have to be in the league to be in a position to be Apparently in an All-Star not. Game? I was sent down to Did you score in the go. All-Star game? Uh, I had three assists. Is that good? Ah. Is that because the owner put you in? I have no idea what happened. I was in the... Don't Amer- you ask questions during your career? None. I just went where I was told. They sent me, I was in line at Tim Hortons, and the line went back and forth like an airport lineup, and Capuano was the head coach, Jack Capuano, and he was going the other way, and he saw me and, like, forgot that I existed, and he's like, oh, Bonnie, he's like, uh, you're, uh, you're leaving tomorrow at 4 a.m., you're going to the All-Star game. I was like, the what? The ECHL All-Star game. 
And then he can. Then we kept going, and I did. So I faced him three more times, and I didn't say a word. I just. (laughs) If Cappy doesn't want a chocolate donut, you never play in that game. I flew across the country. I was in Connecticut. The All-Star game was the next day in Stockton, California. I was the first person in the skills contest going the length of the rink and doing the pine, uh, the pylons. Anyway. It's incredible. I think, like, I don't even know if, if that's even possible, if he's eligible or ineligible. I just know that Shane Wright was one of the guys that was his name was at the time. One of the write-in vote options? Yeah. or on, on the card or whatever's on uh, the fan ballot. Yeah, Can you sure find right. a fan ballot on? I, I haven't seen one thing about it. I, like, I'm on Twitter all day long. With it's almost like people. the NHL doesn't know, want the John Scott thing to happen. We don't, we don't know if there's a, a, a potential John Scott no, we coming. we know nothing. The league doesn't want us to feel the momentum so at the and get end behind of the day, it. They can still pick whoever the hell they want. We'd never know. Ha- hashtag push for Pontus. So, hey, I got to ask you a question because we were talking about the goalies, and it's two straight starts from, from Murray now. And I think you could argue that the Jets at home on Thursday is an even bigger game than this. I know that's a division rival, but you think about the rivalry between the Jets and the Leafs, and that's been a real thing. Like, if Murray wins tonight and he plays well, you're going to go to Samsonov in that game? Or are you going to go Murray? Like, is there a chance for him to get three in a row here? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. And because I, 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 I just think I'd, it's an important game for the Leafs against the Jets. Well, always. I think, I think two out of three is a big deal. Yeah. So do I. But not three out of four. Okay. What, I don't know. What do you think was you know, Samsonov chose Toronto and presumably had other options, and he didn't get paid a ton of money to do it. Presumably, they told him. We'll give you at least 30 starts if you're healthy. I got to think there was a uh, a verbal agreement you're that get you, we're not, you're not here to sit and, and wait. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the deal when you're trying to get people signed. And obviously none of that is binding. They can do whatever they want if he's not playing well. But yes. he's not played poorly on the whole. So, yeah. yes, I expect him he would get the next game. But regardless, regardless to Sammy's point, if it's Samsonov Thursday against Winnipeg or or not, mm-hmm. uh, the, these are these are good challenges coming off of a Boston Bruin game this it week. Is, it is interesting that Mike notes that like Samsonov is a more dynamic, athletic type guy, and Murray is you know they're different stylistically. Shot blocker, yeah, Murray, right. And does one of them make you feel any more comfortable in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning? I guess Murray's I the answer. I don't think that uh, Leaf fans have seen long, long, uh, stretches long enough to to fall into a comfort zone. With anyone. And we're over half the season now. Yeah. That it's, has to change. And it's not just the, the fan base. It's the players. Yeah. The players have to start really feeling like uh, this guy's our guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Are they going to go against... Uh, the percentages or the odds of of having a one a true number one start the playoffs and we will see a one one a. If Murray plays great tonight, I'd love to see him go again Thursday. Do you think there's a world where Samsonov could play well enough to earn a contract before the season ends? No. I think it's a brand spanking new, different goalie. What if he's a nine twenty this year and goes, "You're going to walk me to UFA as a nine twenty? Okay, bye." Yeah, well, exactly. Okay, bye. They can't afford that. Okay, but what does "okay, bye" mean? It means he goes to play for another hockey team. And what are they going to pay him? No idea. I don't know. Well, he's not like he's 
He's leaving. Four times four for a 920, 25-year-old who's a first-rounder? Uh, did you play in the playoffs? I did not. Okay, then I'm not paying you four. Mm. I'm not. You don't think someone will give him that kind of number? Three and a half, maybe? On a two-year deal? That low, eh? I... I I need yeah. I need to go now into a, a four or a five. You need you need to be the starter. I'm 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 signing you so you could be my starter mm-hmm. at, at that money. It's true that you basically as a backup make two and as a starter make five, and otherwise we're not doing the inverse yeah. of that. But you can't get caught yeah. by paying a very very, in your opinion, a very very good backup goalie. Four or four and a half million dollars. Generally, if you pay someone four, you're hoping that you have a starter that you're getting cheap. A so, value starter like Florida's, Matt Murray Florida, at 4.675. Florida signed. Why did they find, sign Spencer Knight to be at the four starter? Point, because they envisioned a world where Bobrovsky's gone by a year and a half. How do they, how do they make that happen? I don't know. They buy sheets. him out. Yeah. They buy him out. That's what you do. Yeah. That makes sense. And how about I, oh, oh no, I was, was going to turn the page. Turn the page, baby. Turn it. We done on Vancouver? Any any oh, anything else to say after yesterday's fallout? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see much more other than just a another head scratcher. Okay. Edmonton, uh Vander Kane returns tonight back from his hand uh surgery, wrist surgery. He says he is not 100% in terms of shooting it, but it's is what it's going to be and he says no excuses. He's back. Yamamoto on long-term IR. Which, I, if I'm telling you I can't shoot the way I wanted to shoot. You just made an excuse. That, that is a, <laughs> a somewhat of a, a reason why I may not score right. as much as you'd like. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do a 100-meter dash. My hamstring hurts, but no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. But he's also got other elements in his game that will lift the Edmonton Oilers. No questions about that was it his right hand i'm asking because can he no longer fight would that be would you be someone is he less threatening I now i had no problem keeping my glove on if i had a hurt hand and yeah. still slugging at you who was it that just decked someone over the po over the net sergachev sergachev drilled a garland or something like that garland and got um nothing. fined nothing oh yeah he got, no, he got fined yeah, he got five thousand dollar fine oh, yeah. yeah his uh actress. i loved it though because Garland was in there, Such you know. Such a sucker. Over the net. No, like, he can't even come back on him. Smallest guy in the team. Classic fake tough guy move by Sergeyev. Just You know classic. what Sammy said about him, though? He was like, I, uh, leave it to Tampa yeah, Gar- to find. Garland was an innocent on there. He's trying to swing at Sergeyev. No, he was Sergeyev. stuck behind the net. There was the net between them, Kipper. He punched him in the face. It. I did watch it. I watched it a hundred times. Garland. Bring it up. Garland's phony baloney, too. Up. I want to see it again. <laughs> Garland was like a, a chihuahua on my pant leg. I exactly. would have slugged him, too. Oh, give me a break. The tough, like That's the classic tough guy, fake tough guy move. Pick him the smallest oh, guy on the ice. Keep the gloves is. on. No, I'll, uh, look. Watch Garland. Free no. going in, digging. Oh, yeah, he's going after he's him. Going he's going after him. That about enough of you, okay? I was saying, Sam, you know what saying, that though, is? That's a classic scram. Beat it! Yeah, I can't stand Sergachev. Garland, Garland did spear Vasilevsky, or at least stuck him a little bit. That's but, a big fish eating a little fish, but right no, there. Leave it to Tampa Bay to find Look. to find. Oh yeah, the, the, a greasy I'm defenseman like that. Disappointed in the league finding him. 
<laughs> no, that's a bad punch. That's a sucker in the face. It's Stop bad. it. Listen. Garland's hair makes it really WWE that he's able to like, toss it. Sergachev takes shots at guys all the time. Remember when he did it to Marner when he went in on the empty net and he came up with the shoulder into the bean? Tavares hey, had to go after him. Sergachev's the the good kind of greasy. I guess. I mean, it's not like he's been suspended or he's oh, done. I think, I think he's been suspended, hasn't he? Oh, probably. Uh, <laughs> spe- speaking of Tampa, <laughs> are, are they knocking on uh, the Leafs' door of uh, home ice advantage here? I honestly haven't looked at the standings. We'll take just, a look. I'm here know. right now. They're two points behind with two games in hand. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, higher oh. leading in points percentage. <laughs> That's why I don't look at the standings, boys. <laughs> we do want the Leafs on the road to start. I would agree. Actually, no, I don't. Well, you don't know what? take who, one for sure. I was about to be the the fifth guy to swear today, but I almost said who gives. <laughs> but like, who cares? At this point, I'll take a game seven, right, man. I'm just Why trying not? to kill time until the show's over. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> at this point, with all the scars that they have, you know, they lose home ice game seven, they lose on the road game seven. Doesn't matter. Wherever it starts, doesn't matter. So yeah. hold on, hey, are hey, we at the point? Hey, let's. Let's find out how that happens between now and then, and see how you feel. Well. <laughs> What do you mean by that? Like how the Leafs? I don't know. Maybe power play sucks. Maybe they can't keep the puck out of their own net. Maybe the goalies are horrible. Are you going to still have that nonchalant attitude? Yes, because it's just it doesn't. The regular season really doesn't matter anymore as long as they keep up a decent winning percentage. I mean, Buffalo's not going to catch them. No one else is catching them. Tonight is like can Dryden Hunt take a spot? Or sorry, Dryden Hunt can uh, what's his name? Bobby McMahon. (laughs) Earn a full time spot as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I am I am interested in the game tonight. I'm interested to get a look at the cats. Bunting with, uh, Matthews, Nylander, Yarncroc, Tavares, Marner, McMahon, Kampf, Engvall. Yeah, I'm a you like that. I'm a Bobby fan. McMahon, Kampf, Engvall is six two to six five, two hundred pounds legit. plus. Big line. That's a big line. Rangy vision six nine. Masai. And then can, can Aston get, Reese, Kerfoot, Hunt can is I, the fourth line. Can I convince Bobby to throw a Sergachev punch to oh. Matthew Kachuk uh, at the right time? No. No? Maybe. Just asking too much? I don't know. I don't really know what his nasty streak's like. I don't feel like I've got enough of a taste of it. But he's big guy, skates hard, so maybe he's got it in him. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm uh, a quick quick year-by-year year fight totals like? of Bobby McMahon. There's, there's nothing there. Okay. Nothing? He's from the, he's Did he get shortchanged and argue with someone at the uh, cash register? <laughs> cashierist? Come on, no fights. Nothing. Nothing. I can't find anything. No, he doesn't. Know. He's not. I could be wrong. I, Sorry. In his last year, to, can I get him to raise his voice? <laughs> Colgate University had fifty-eight nice. pims in thirty-four games. Maybe, pims? Yeah, that's maybe a little nasty, but yeah. No, All right. Not. Probably not. What do you got for predictions tonight? Well, Florida's goaltending. Come on, if the Leafs can't back to back. Oh, here's a stat. The Leafs for you. are good for four tonight, aren't they? On this guy, Panthers are one of the worst teams in second game of back to backs this season. One four and zero. Oh. Meanwhile, the Maple Leafs are the best team when the opponent is on a second of a back to back at seven zero oh and zero. Oh. So good night to bet in the Leafs. Six two final. Ooh, a lot of goals. Yes, that'd be nice. And while we're doing stats before the end Sammy, of the show, what do you got for me? I got I a convincing look, win for the Leafs. If you're heading to your local uh, sports book, I would consider the over. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Mitch Marner leads the league in points on game opening goals four goals and 11 assists, 15 opening goals for the Leafs. Does that matter, Kipper? 
Useful or useless? Yeah, um, absolutely useful. Yeah? Yeah. He's, he's, he's your engine, boys. Sammy said when, when he told me that. He said, it's an engine one. Okay. Gets, gets everybody going. Tavares and Nylander, they need a bounce back game. I don't think they were very good Saturday night. Matthews, two goals tonight. Okay, our Fuck thanks it. to Keith Kachuk, Mike McKenna, and um, who am I missing? Jovanovski. Oh, Ed Jovanovski. Great two hours. We're back again tomorrow. Enjoy your night, everybody, and give us a rating and review uh, if you can, and thumbs up on our YouTube channel. Have a great one.